We are kicking off a new series this morning, and uh, it's on prayer and just the importance of prayer and how every one of us have something to offer uh, the world around us through prayer. And so if you would, turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to kick off in, in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Uh, how many of you know that this week was the, the, best, uh, the best game the Razorbacks have played all week? I mean, all year. Yeah, for all of you who are like, I don't get that, they had a bye this week, so it was a good week for them. They, they actually won. Oh, maybe next year, right? That's what the Razorback fans tell each other every year. Maybe next year. No, probably not. Well, if you are into titles, uh, you can write this down. The title of this sermon is Say It to See It. How many of you know you got to say some things before you see some things? Amen? you got to say it to see it. Uh, let's pray, and then, well, let me read, let me read this. We're going to start in verse 5, and then we will open up uh, kind of what, what the Lord has really put on my heart for us this morning. Let's uh, read this. It says, when you pray, I mean, if you pray, no, it says when you pray, right? When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray... Go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you openly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the privilege that you've given us, God, the, the assignment that you've given us, God, to pray, to, to change the world around us. Lord, we thank you for your word, God, that, that provokes us to pray things so that we can see things. God, to say things that aren't as though they are, God, to, to begin to to. to to, to speak things that are in heaven into the earth, God. And so, Lord, we thank you for this morning, for your word. Lord, we thank you that it fall on hungry hearts this morning, that it would change and transform the way that we see and view, God, who you are in our lives. And, Lord, we pray more than anything that through our lives, God, you'd be made more famous today than you were yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. How many of you know it is our assignment to make Jesus famous? It is our goal. It should be our ambition to make Jesus famous. And, and uh, so... I think that that's just something that we should do is whatever, whatever we do with our lives, that it should be what can I do to bring glory to Jesus? And it could be, it could be a job, it could be a hobby, it could be a, a family thing, whatever it is that we do, everything we do to make Jesus famous. Um, you know, as I, as I started thinking about this whole, this whole sermon series, um, you know, prayer is one of those topics that's really difficult in the church to preach on as a pastor. Because everybody understands and knows we should pray. But there's a, huge, there's a huge chasm between what we know and what we do. So there's this huge valley between, oh yeah, I know I'm supposed to pray. But oftentimes the things that I pray don't get done and they don't, they don't ever get answered. So I stop praying. And how many of you know that if you got everything you prayed, your life would be a mess? Come on, I should have got a way better amen on that one. If you got everything you prayed, you would be in big trouble. You'd have 10 houses with mortgages. You'd have 15 cars. You'd have seven wives. You'd have, I mean, you would look like the Old Testament problems. Because how many of you know, thank God sometimes he doesn't answer a prayer. And he answered your prayer. He just didn't answer the way you thought it should have been. And, and so I think that, that prayer is so hard to preach to Christians because we all know what we should do. We know we should pray, so we just assume because we know it, we do it. But I believe that 
that God is wanting to, to challenge and to change the view in our hearts on how we pray, what we pray, when we pray. Right? It says, it said here, it says, when you pray, it's not if. Prayer is not a question of whether we should or shouldn't. Prayer is about what we should be praying and are we praying the perfect will of God. Amen. How many of you know there is a perfect will of God to pray? And you can only pray the perfect will of God in the presence of God. And oftentimes our prayers are, are, are kind of self-motivated. They're self-guided, self-driven. And I think that if you've ever had this, you know, this friendship, I think about prayer as you've ever had this friendship where you've, it's kind of been like a, it's not like a really close friendship. You kind of know them. And like you always get frustrated when you see them because you just really enjoy hanging out with them. It's like, man, I wish we were closer. I wish we were better friends. And you get frustrated, but yet you've never taken the time to, to, to increase the relationship. You've never sacrificed your time to put into the investment for the relationship and you get frustrated when they're around and you wonder why you don't have a friendship like you should, but it's because you're unwilling to put the time in for the relationship. That's what prayer is. Prayer is me willing to put an investment in a relationship that I believe is better for me to have, right? And so this, that's what prayer is and, and, and I know that we have all these different ideas and I could preach on prayer for months, but I'm only going to preach on it for a couple of weeks. Because I want to put some foundational things in you. And that, this thing, this sermon is going to be elementary. And, and, and it's going to be stuff that you've heard. And it's not, I want you to understand this morning, I'm not preaching it so you can hear it. I'm preaching it so you will start doing it. I want you to start applying the things that the word says. And so to get started, it says this. It says in verse 5, it says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. And I tell you the truth, that is the reward that they will ever get. See, there are some people who all they do is they show up on a, at a prayer, prayer meeting on a, at a church, and as long as they can be seen, they'll show up. And, and that, that prayer is about what you are going to get rewarded of. By, Bro, that, that's a great prayer you prayed there. And you get fed by the people around you. And this is what was going on, is that these people, they were, they were being fed and, and being you know, nurtured. Oh, man, you are so spiritual. How many of you know that some of the most spiritual people are the people that you don't even know are praying? How many times have you heard, oh, Grandma, I know she used to pray for me. I, I, she, you, you know why you're probably sitting in these chairs? Probably because your grandma or your grandpa was praying for you. Guess what? They weren't showing up at church. They were praying in their prayer closet, believing that God would save your soul. And so much, we put so much weight into the spirituality of how things are viewed and, and how they're perceived from the outside. But I want you to know that there are a lot of things that are happening right now in the spirit realm for you and I that we cannot see and didn't even know were happening. Because that's the power of what happens. And he says, look, don't, don't be like them. He gives you an illustration of what not to be like. And he gives you an illustration of what to be like. And he goes on and he says this. And in verse 6 he says, but when you pray. Come on, look at somebody say, when you pray. When you pray, go away by yourself. Now let me make a preference here, okay. I'm not saying that we as a body of believers should not get together and corporately pray. That is not what he's implying here. What I am saying here is that there is, there is a corporate body of Christ as we pray and we believe and we come together. But then there is also a relational, devotional, communion relationship, prayer life that you and I should have with the, with the Father. Right? And so he says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. 
Then your father who sees everything will reward you. See, I think that this first point that I want to drive home is this. Because I think this is so, this is so key. I can't tell you how many prayer circles I've been in. People that I've said, hey, let's get together and pray. And it's like as we start praying, like nobody says anything. Because, see, there is, a, there is a spirit that works against prayer that says you've got to be perfect. You've got to say everything right or it doesn't have any meaning. And so, so this first point that I want to do is I want to destroy the mindset and the, the spirit behind what is trying to stop you from praying. And that is this, is that prayer doesn't need to be perfect to be powerful. Prayer does not need to be perfect to be powerful. I believe that, that some of you, you may, not have the greatest, you may not have the greatest vocabulary. You may not have the, you know, I think it's like we need to pray and it's got to have commas in it and periods and exclamation points. And we've got to have all of this stuff put together or God isn't going to hear it. It's like he's an English teacher going through our prayer. And if it was Jen, you'd be in trouble. But, but, but thank God that God hears your prayers without the commas and periods and exclamation points, and it may be full of question marks. That, that your prayer doesn't have to be perfect to be powerful. Come on, you've got to know that the things that you pray, the things that God is asking you to intercede on, have the ability to be able to touch heaven, and heaven can change your world. Amen? See, I believe that prayer is the invitation to us to change the world around us. Right now, think about that. God is inviting you and me to pray to change the world around us. Because how many of you know we got a lot of opinions about the world around us? Oh, get on Facebook. Get on all the different social media things and you will see people's opinions. And they will air it out and they will say how they feel. But I question this. is I wonder if they are praying as much as they were typing. I wonder if what would change if we prayed the things that are, are hurting our hearts, the things that are provoking us. Do you know what, you know, you, how many of you know we, it's easy to call a friend and be like, I can't believe Aunt Abilene, she's over here doing doing that and it's like so easily we can reach out and start we can start talking about something do you know what gossip is it's perverted prayer that's what that's what gossip is it's going to the wrong person who can't change anything and God is saying look will you will you begin to to pray to me and I will shift the situation I will shift the circumstance because I've invited you into this thing called prayer and in this the world around you is different what would the world look like right now around you if you would begin to pray for the problems that are in your world? Not the world at large. I'm not talking about the world at large. I'm talking about your world. I'm talking about the, the guy that, that cusses all the time four, four cubicles down. And all you're like, that little, you don't know his world. And you're wanting to cuss at him. I'm like, that little. But what would change is if, you begin to pray for him and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on in his heart, but there is something that's coming out of him verbally that is happening internally. So, Father, I lift him up, and I pray that you would touch him. I pray that you would use my life. Man, that is, that's the most spiritual thing you will do all week. It wasn't you showing up to church on Sunday. It was you praying a prayer for someone who's broken, and God invited you into their world because he thought, if you will pray, you will change their world. 
And I just wonder how many of us are complaining about the world around us, and God is saying, when will you start praying about it and stop complaining about it? When will you begin to intercede? When will you begin to speak truth and speak life through, through their lives and begin to pray and petition heaven and begin to see something happen? See, what comes from your heart at the end of the day is more, is more impactful than the words you'll pray. See, I think we like, okay, I've got to have all of this stuff put together, God, or you're not going to hear me. God can hear past your words, and he can hear your heart. Some of you all having, sometimes we have incredible words, but we have a terrible heart. God is not about words. God is about heart. You know, as a, as a, as a parent, me and Jaylee, you know, me and Alicia, we've got this daughter, Jaylee, and she's four years old. And every, every night we, we take her in, one of us, we, swip, we flip-flop. And, and we, we pray with her, and we, we read her a book, a Bible story, and we do all these things every night. And so at different times, I'll pray, and then I'll say, hey, Jay, I want you to pray now. And uh, there are some times that some of her prayers, I'm just like, she's just not getting it. Like, we've got a long road ahead of us. And then there are other prayers that she says, and I'm like, dear Jesus, oh, Father. And she prays these incredible prayers. Do you know that God hears both of them? Even though it's ridiculous and she's like praying some random thing, God hears the heart behind what she prays. And you're his daughter and you're his son. And look, there are some things that you pray and Jesus is laughing. But like, I got you, man. I'm going to go ahead and answer that one. But that was, okay, God bless you. And isn't that amazing that God cares about the prayers that you don't have all your dots and your I's and your T's and all this stuff put together? That God is willing to say, look, I care more about the heart of the person praying than the words that they say, that it's all proper and everything. Because see, these hypocrites, man, they could put a prayer together. You'd be like, oh my gosh, that's super spiritual. Woo! But you know what, man? It says their reward was there. That was their reward is that you could brag on them that they could pray. Don't be like that. Don't be the person that people can brag about how good you pray. Let heaven know who you are. When you pray, they're like, okay, this one's serious. Like they know how to pray. See, we have to learn not to just know what to pray. I, mean, I know I said yes to Jesus, and, and, and I know I'm supposed to pray, but, but most of us aren't fully convinced that prayer works. If we're really honest... Prayer worked enough to get me saved, but outside of that, I'll just see if I can just make it to heaven. Because we don't truly, truly believe that prayer works. But Jesus says, if you will get into the secret place, I, he said, he's the Father, pray to the Father, and he says, and I will reward you. So I want you to know this, prayer is heard by your Father in heaven doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be put together. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. You know, people all the time are talking when we meet people and they're like, man, we love this church. This is why we love this church because you guys are so authentic. There is something about authenticity. There is something about when you're authentic and you're real that is attractive. Do you know that, that that's the reason why you are here is because you love the authenticity of our church? And do you know why the Father loves you? Because of the authenticity of your heart. You don't have to have everything fixed and put together. See, your relationship with Christ will never exceed your time with him. Prayer 
is the only way you get to know the Father. I know a lot of you, you thought, well, I've been saved for 25 years, so I'm really, really close with him. Really, how many of relationships in your natural life that you met someone 25 years ago, but you haven't talked to them in 25 years, are close to? Isn't that amazing how spiritual, how, how ignorant we become when it comes to spiritual stuff? It's like, I've been, I've been in the church, I've been showing up every week for 25 years. And that's how you sound if you haven't been praying. That's, that's what happens. You get, get, you get weird. But how many of you know that, that the, the only way that you get to know the Father is by time? And the only time that you have is when you spend time through prayer. And reading his word and, and, and worship. These are things that are all really bubbled up into one thing. This is communion with the Father. See, prayer is the only way to truly build a relationship with Christ. It's, it's not by you coming to church today. I love you. I'm glad you're here. But that isn't going to build your relationship with Christ. It's going to be you being so provoked to believe that when you pray, God hears you, that you go to your prayer closet. Now, Guys, don't get crazy. Your women like your clo- their closets. Okay, don't be like, we are taking all this stuff out. We're making a prayer closet. Don't do that. I don't want a marriage counseling session next week because you removed all of her clothes to have a prayer closet. But how many of you know that it's just about you spending time with God? This could be on your way to work, on your way home from work. This could be in your cubicle. This could be at lunchtime. This could be in the morning. This could be at night. This could be any time. It's you just being intentional and spending time with the Father. See, what happens with prayer is this, is that truly, I believe that attitude and motive set the direction for how you pray. That attitude and motive really determine the key factor of of what really direction you begin to, to begin to pray. Because if you notice, we talked a little bit about this just a second ago, but how many of you know that a lot of your prayers start off, Lord, I need you to for me. I believe that God's okay with that. But if prayer doesn't if it prayer doesn't transition with it not being about you anymore, your motive is tainted. Your motive is wrong. Because God did not give you prayer to make you have a pretty perfect life. God gave you prayer so that you could intercede and change the world around you. Doesn't mean that God won't make things better and God won't do stuff in your life because he does want to do that. He he desires to do that. But when prayer is self-motivated and it's all about what you can do, what you can do for me, God, it changes the whole concept of what prayer is about. Prayer is you allowing God to speak through you and you begin to hear his voice and say, God, i got to pray for this because I know that you are wanting to do something in somebody's life. And so I'm going to begin to pray and intercede for them. I'm going to begin to speak life. I'm going to begin to do certain things because I feel your spirit unctioning me. Prayer has to be spirit-led, not self-led. Spirit-led. It's, God, I hear you. Look, I, I believe that we ha- I have prayed some selfish prayers. I mean, some really selfish prayers, like God bless me and increase my blah, 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 and all of that stuff. I've prayed those prayers. And there's nothing wrong with that. God wants to bless us. It says he's our father. There is, there is not a week that goes by that I don't want to do something for my daughter. Not a week, probably not a day. There are some hours, okay? But for the most part, it's rare that I don't want to do something for Jaylee. 
can I be honest? There are times that the Father, he wants to do stuff, but we aren't unwilling. We are unwilling to pray it. I mean, he'll do it for them, but he's not going to do it for me. You ever had that thought? He'll do it for them, but he won't do it for me. Do you know how, how wrong that is to think that God is biased towards one son and not the other? Or the, the one daughter and not the other? But you see how the spirit, the, the spirit that works against us, praying, he wants to convince you and I that he'll do it for somebody else. Because if he can keep you focused on not being able to, to have any power in prayer, then he's empowered himself. He's handicapped him. He's, he's, he's literally shackled you up. I love what Ian Bound says. He says, the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods. How many of you know there are a lot of churches who have methods? There are a lot of people that we have our own method, right? Like if I can do this, plus this, plus this equals success. There's a lot of methods. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men? He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not appoint plans, but men, men of prayer. Can I tell you that you know what God's assignment is in the world? It's through people. God, anything, do you realize the, the, the trust that God has for you and me? Because God is limited. Oh, theology, what happened? God is limited in your ability to pray, and for, it's in your ability to act, and it's in your ability to be obedient. God is limited. How incredible is that, that God said, I'm going to trust my people so much that the only thing I can do is do it through their prayers and their faith. And we think that God doesn't want to act when that's the only way he can act. That's the only way that he can respond is by us believing that he's capable and that he's willing. In verse 6, I hit on this a little bit, but I want to go into it a little bit more. But when you pray. He's talked about the super spiritual people. Now he said, let's talk about you. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And then your father who sees everything will reward you openly. That word reward is the word to act on. To act on. That God wants to act on your request. It doesn't mean in your time. Because if we're honest, most of our prayers is like, God, if you do this by this, I'll serve you more. Or if you do this by this, then you're really a good God. And we have these small little things that we try to do in our prayers if we're really honest. Okay, at least me, okay? And God is saying, look, what are you willing to pray so that I can act? The second point that I want to leave you with is this, is that the prayers done in private touch the world around us look the prayers that nobody sees are the ones that are touching people it's the prayers that you and I have gone into our prayer closets and we've cried and we've wept on our in our cars on the way somewhere and it's it's the things that we've done that nobody else sees that's changed the world around that we do see there have been prayers that have been prayed in churches there have been prayers that have been prayed in in closets, there have been prayers that have been prayed around a kitchen table that have changed the world around us. 
But what I want you to understand is that nothing changes around you until you and I will begin to take up the mantle of prayer and say, this is my responsibility. It is, not, it is not my pastor's job to pray for my family to become believers. It is not the pastor's job to take the responsibility of your son and your daughter far away from God to be born again back into the family of God. It is not always the pastor's responsibility to pray for someone who is sick in your world. I believe that God has given you and me. In fact, that discredits the power of prayer if I have to meet up with you all the time to pray with you. Because, dear Jesus, if Lord takes me home, what are you going to do? You're going to do the same thing that you should have been doing. You're going to pound heaven with the prayers that God gave you and say, God, I know that you're bigger. God, I know it is your will. God, I believe you that you are capable and that you are well able to do this thing. So you have to be willing to pray bold prayers. You've got to be willing to do to do these prayers that, that are in done in secret and, and know that when you walk out and you shut the door that heaven has heard you and heaven is working some stuff out. It's, it, it's such a, an easy thing to think of that, God, you hear my prayers? God. Like it, it is, you work, the enemy works to try to, to minimize humanity's assignment. Jesus is all, you, you are all he's got. I know I said that, but I don't know if you get that. You are all he has. Look at somebody saying, oh, Jesus. I'm just kidding. Man, the fact that he knows that you are all he has, and he's okay with it. See, prayer in private changes what's possible in the natural. What's possible is possible if you pray it. So many of us are like, man, I don't know. I just don't think that's possible. It will be impossible until you pray it. Until you believe it. Until you say it. Say it to see it. You're going to have to say some things before you see it. You're just going to have to believe it. You're going to have to say it. See, I believe that. See, Jesus goes through and he begins to, as we go down there, he says, don't babble and do all this stuff. And they, they you know, don't be repetitious. Be intentional. Prayers need to be intentional. It's not about saying the same thing over and over like God has a deaf ear. God is very capable of hearing every prayer you pray. You don't have to constantly say the same thing over and over. It's like, boom, God hears it. And then you say, well, I need to say it this way because God hears your prayers. But then he goes in in verse, verse 9, and Jesus says, pray like this. And so he breaks this down, and we call it the Jesus prayer, but I want you to know it's not the Jesus prayer. It's the disciple prayer because Jesus told the disciples how to pray. He said, pray like this. In other words, he was telling you and I, pray like this. So if you ever need a kind of like a, 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 a program of how to, to kind of start your prayers, this one would be a great one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, it starts, and it says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. In other words, what he's saying is honor the place and the position of the Father. But I love verse 10. He says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Do you know why prayer is oftentimes not the most popular? Because it's a will killer. Because there are things that you pray, and then you know, God, you are changing the thing I'm supposed to be praying. He says, pray my will. Pray the will of heaven. And when you pray the will of heaven, things begin to shift. But I also like it this way. Because when you think about me praying the will of God, what I'm doing is I'm partnering with heaven. How many of you know that when partners come together, oftentimes it's because one person is a void of a gift or a talent that the other one is not? How many of you know that we are void of several talents and gifts when it comes to certain things, when it comes to us in communion and prayer with God? So what we do is we partner with God who knows all things, who knows how to get a connection. He does have a connection in heaven. Just want you to know this. Jesus does have a connection. How many of you know that partnerships is all about, man, if I could get this connection with this person, then we could just, our company would explode. You have a connection. He's kind of close to the guy in heaven. He's a kind of a big deal. And you are partnering with him when you pray. How many of you have thought about when you pray that you are partnering with heaven on earth? That there are things that you can't get done in the natural because you are limited in your ability. But God gave us a resource called prayer that connects us to an unlimited resource in heaven. See, the prayers heaven hears will be what the world around you experiences. The things that people are experiencing through your life will be based on the prayers that you're bold enough to pray. I've found myself, I mean, as your pastor, I don't pray enough. I need to pray more. Oh my gosh, y'all, don't, whoo, I felt that in the, now, Satan! I believe that I could pray more. I believe that I could pray more intentional. I believe that I could be, be way more involved in my prayer life than I than I am but because I think that if if I would connect even on a greater level things would even be different in my world and I believe that what could be different if you would tap into that resource called prayer even on a greater level see prayer takes you it takes you out of this this limited reality called earth how many of you know that you are limited no matter how wealthy you are you could be the wealthiest person in here in the world, but if your son has cancer, all of the money in the world does not fix him. But what does fix him is your ability to pray and touch heaven. With the prayer, Jesus doesn't go and say, well, let me check your bank account. Let me check how long you've been saved. Let me check your credentials. If you line up, it's a possibility. But honestly, let's be honest, most of us, it is based, our prayer life is based on our credentials. It is based on the church we go to, the people we are around, the friends that we have, the faith that, all of these things. It's credentials instead of relationship. And Jesus is saying, stop putting me in a list of things that I've got to meet up to your expectations before you will pray the prayer. I want you to know that I am your father, you are my son, and when you petition me, I hear you and I answer Come on, somebody, that is good. Jesus wants to respond to the prayers that you pray. See, prayer, if we're honest, most of us, it's a secondary response, not a primary. 
Most of us, if we can't get it done, then we'll go to prayer. Instead of, I'm going to pray through everything, and if it happens to be your will, God, then it gets done. And if not, then I'll have to work out some other things. We really pray about things that we know we can't do. But most of the time, we don't even entertain God with the things that we know we can do in our own abilities. I remember going to two services last year. Being, I went on a prayer retreat, which I do every year in the summer. And I take two days, and I just get away with God to a cabin. I can't have email. I can't have cell phone service. can't do anything. Anything. <laughs> Except for stare at a wall. And you all think that that is so spiritual. Can I be honest with you? I was bored sometimes. Not authentic enough? Okay. <laughs> and I remember praying and saying, God, I felt in my heart that we needed to go to two services. In my flesh, I said, get behind me, Satan, because our sanctuary was packed. I mean, it was running over. And every Sunday, I was like, this is awesome. And now we got a bunch of empty seats. And I remember praying. And you know what? In the natural, I could have said, we're just going to go to two services. I just feel it. Let's do it. But you know what I did? As I sought God. I said, God, and I thought, I said, you know what, God, you're going to give me, it's going to be January of 2019. We're going to do this. And he said, September 23rd. I said, that's four months early. What are you doing? And in that moment, I tapped into something, not my will, but yours. And I had to believe him. And I remember going to our team and saying, hey, guys, so we're going to go to two services. They're like, yeah. I said, September 23rd. They said, what? I said, yeah, I know. (laughs) Hang on with me. Let's do this. And the church exploded. And I know we got, we added more chairs. This year we said we're going to fill it in. We got every chair that we own in our building right now. And last, the other service was, it was full. And when I say that is not to brag on us, but to say, look, there were things that I could have done in the natural, but because I got into prayer, God said, this is what I want you to do. And now we were four months early in growth and reaching people, new people. Because I was obedient, because I heard him in prayer, because I went to him in prayer. And I'm saying all of that to say, look, there are things that you can do in the natural, and you may get a result, but there are things when you pray, and you hear God, and you begin to give him an opportunity to put his input put in. How many of you know you had somebody, you're like, hey, you want to go to coffee? And they all, oh, they talked the whole time. And you're like, okay, that was fun, great. You're like, yeah, that was awesome. And they talked the whole time. And then you leave and you're like, man, that was not doing that one again. That's what we sound like sometimes. We don't give God any input into the conversation. We don't give him any input into our lives. We're like, it's good to talk to you, God. Have a, have a great day. It's like, yeah, I've been really, I've been praying a lot. No, you've been talking a lot. There's a big difference between talking and praying. It's called communion because of communication. It's a two-way street. You give input, he gives input back. I know this is so elementary. I get it. But are you doing it? Oh! Yeah. So, I'm closing up. Closing up. James 5. Half of the sixth chapter of verse 16. It says this. Chapter 5, verse 16. Half of it. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person, has great power. You hear what that just said? (laughs) The earnest prayer of a righteous person has has great power and produces wonderful results.
And then, so he uses that. See, he's setting up something. So he uses that to set up what he's talking about. So the earnest person is someone like Elijah. And this is what he says. Elijah was a what? A superhuman alien? No, he was a human like you and me. Right? Are you human? I'm human. So in other words, he's talking about you and I. Right? He says, Elijah was just like you and me. Trying to take away all of the excuses that we have used for so long. I'm just not spiritual. I'm just not saved long enough. I just don't know what to say. Say what you need to say. It doesn't have to be perfect to be powerful. And then he goes, and he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. And none fell for three and a half years. That's a prayer, folks. That's a human praying. See, I, I have to say that because I think we, we spiritualize something that should not be super spiritual. Like, really? Prayer is something that God gave us to have access to him. And he goes on and says, and then he prayed again. And the sky sent down rain and earth began to yield its crops. Prayer produced fruit. I leave you with this last and final point. And as you see, this guy who was willing to pray a bold prayer. Because what you have to understand is this. You may just think he's praying a bold prayer. He prayed that there would be no rain for three and a half years. Okay, even in our society today would be detrimental. But in this society, their livelihood was agriculture. (laughs) And Elijah prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years. People did not like him. He prayed a bold prayer that people don't pray because if you don't have rain, you don't have crops. If you don't have crops, you don't have clothes. And Elijah prayed that prayer. Because how many of you know, it wasn't about his will, but God's will. God put it in his heart to pray, to stop and to seal up the heavens that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed and it rained. And I say all of that to say this, that breakthrough is the result of bold prayers. That what happened was that there was a breakthrough that happened because Elijah was willing to tap into heaven and connect himself with the will of God and pray the perfect will of God. Even though he didn't know what the perfect will of God was, he prayed the prayer that God asked him to pray and God brought a breakthrough. Now you've got to understand what is a breakthrough. A breakthrough is something that you can't get through. Whoa! Breakthrough is something that you can't get through without God breaking through. See, prayer changes the present and the future. How do you know that you can't pray right now and it changed your past? But you can pray now and it changed your present. And you can pray right now and it can change your future. It can also change somebody else's present. Because someone you know may not have a marriage that is together. They may have a finance situation. They may have a a son or a daughter that they are believing to be healed. But God has given you the assignment to pray a bold prayer.
prayer so that somebody else around you can see a breakthrough that they didn't think they were able to have. My question and my challenge for us this morning is what would Centerton look like if a church would begin to gather and pray? If they would begin to pray and petition heaven, what would this city look like? What would your workplace look like? What would your family look like? If you were beginning to pray bold prayers. I love this scripture. As I close. You have to close three times before you're a good preacher. (laughs) Psalms 116 verse 2 says this. I love this scripture. As long as I live, I'll keep praying to him. See, some of us have given up on prayer because it didn't work like we thought it would. And we are hurt and we are frustrated and we are disappointed. But I love this. He says, as long as I live, I'll keep praying to him. In other words, my results do not determine what I pray or not pray. He says, for he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. See, if you've not had a baby, you don't understand the power of stoops. Because I remember when Jaylee was born put her on that table and they said you can pick her up she was crying and doing whatever and I remember daddy stooping down to pick her up see what you have to understand is God hears the cries, the disappointment the frustration, the irritation as you and I petition him and it says this See, what you have to understand is he is trying to make a connection between prayer and relationship. He says, look, I understand the cries that you're praying and the disappointments and the frustrations and the things. And even in those things, I'm going to stoop down. I'm going to hear your heart's cry. I say that for you to understand that every prayer that you pray, God connects with. says I hear the heart's cry of my sons and my daughters and I don't ignore them and I don't stand at a distance and say well that was your fault you put yourself there it says that he stoops and he hears the heart's cry that you have to understand this morning God hears you You may be frustrated, you may be hurt, you may be broken, disappointed. God hears your cries, he hears your prayers, he is working it out. Keep praying, keep contending, keep standing in the gap. The question I want to leave with you this morning as you're taking notes is this. Based on that scripture, based on that, and that scripture is Psalms 116, verse 2. If this scripture is accurate, if this scripture is biblical, pretty sure it is, it's in the Bible. If it's truly real, then my question is this How would you pray if you thought God was listening? What aren't you praying that you don't think God is hearing? 
Because maybe God does care about a bill that you are short on. Maybe God does care about an emotion that you've been being tormented by. Maybe God does care about the, the, the place that you're in in this season in your life. So my question for you and I is, what are you not praying because you don't think he cares that he's not listening? If you would stand with me this morning as we close. I want to leave you with something about prayer. And this is the, prayer isn't always about you. It isn't always for you, but it will always affect you. There are going to be prayers that you pray that they're not for you. They're not about you. But what happens when the prayer that you prayed and it answers somebody else's story, it's going to affect you. And my, my hope is, is that you will pray prayers that maybe aren't about you, that may not, uh, that may not be for you. Because I believe God wants to do something through you. I want to pray as we close. Father, I I thank you, God, for the power of prayer. I thank you for what it is, what it means, what it does. And, God, that you hear, that, God, you actually lean into our prayers. God, help us be a praying church, a praying people. God, change us even this week as we're driving, as we're living life. That, God, maybe where we would once talk about something in a negative way that we would pray and say, God, I don't know how to fix this, but I put it in your hands and I trust you. God, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to be like Elijah and pray bold prayers so that we can see breakthrough through our lives and through others. Help us this week, God. Help us live out this week, God, as we, as we live life, that, that we would be sensitive to the things we need to pray, that the things that we that we've been given the responsibility to petition you with. We love you, God. I thank you that you love every one of us more than we may even understand. This morning, if you're in this place and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, you've not, you've not accepted him as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you prayed the prayer, but you never really allowed it to be authentic and it to be, to be real. That this morning you said, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to give my heart and my life to him this morning. If that's you, if you would just slip your hand up real quick. I just want to pray with you. Say, that's me. I need to, to give my heart. I need to give my life to Jesus. We love you, God. We thank you for what you're doing. We praise you and we give you glory. Even this week, God, as we have been given the privilege to pray, I thank you, God, that you would use us, God, to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I leave and close up, uh, we are going to, um, in two weeks, we're going to have seven days of prayer. We're going to hold it at the church. It'll be December 2nd. It'll start Monday, mo- Monday morning, and it will go till Sunday. 
And I just wanted to give you uh, an update and uh, information so that you know you can plan your schedule. We're going to have two different times for you to be able to come and pray. We'll have seven topics that we're going to pray over. Uh, one a topic each day as you come in. We'll highlight those. They'll be on social media. They'll be on the app. They'll be on different things so that you can have, uh, so that you maybe if you can't make it, you can know what we're praying. And uh, it's a way for us to really shift gears. I believe that I want to have a church that grows because of what God's doing, not because of people. And I believe that God, God really stirred my heart to say, look, we need to be a praying people. How many of you know that God wants us to be prayer? He, he wants us to be prayerful of everything that we do in life. And so, so that's going to be starting December 2nd. Put that on your calendar. It'll go till that Sunday. And uh, we don't have the full grasp of everything we're going to do, but we'll bring you updates as we get them, okay? We love you guys.